Welcome to Insights into ESG, a new podcast series brought to you by KPMG and the Crown Dependencies. Earlier this year, we launched KPMG Impact, bringing together new and existing ESG commitments under one umbrella. In each episode, we'll discuss the many different aspects of ESG with our guests, how they're reacting to the challenges, and how they are adapting to the new business environment around them. Hello, and welcome to the KPMG Insights into ESG podcast. My name is Tim Shellcross, Senior Manager at KPMG in the Crown Dependencies based in the Isle of Man office. And today we are joined by our usual host, Harry Briggs, who is switching roles and is uh, going to be our guest today. So uh, welcome, Harry. Uh, switching roles today. How does it feel? Yeah, nice to be on the other side, Tim. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very well. Thank you. Very well. Uh, so this is almost a, a breaking news type um, podcast, just because yesterday, um, the FCA launched their new consultation with, with, with regards to TCFD. So before we go into what, what the con- consultation has said, um, are you able just to explain a little bit further as to what TCFD actually is and what does it stand for? Yeah, sure, Tim. Um, so we've been expecting this for a while now because the FCA actually told us about it when they, they issued the uh, rules for premium listed companies. But TCFD is the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures. So this was a a body set up by the Financial Stability Board um, to look at the systemic risk that climate change posed to the financial system. So it was a a task force that was led by Michael Bloomberg. It had 31 members from different professions and sectors within uh, the financial services industry one of whom was a, a partner from the KPMG in the Netherlands, um, Wim Bartels, and we did a podcast with uh, as part of this series already. So he, he was part of that task force, contributed to the rules, and they came out with a, a set of disclosure recommendations um, or a framework, if you like, for addressing climate change risk. And they did that a while ago now. It was back in 2017 when they released uh, their recommendations. Now, that, that sort of sat there in the ether, if you like, as a, a voluntary framework that companies could look at uh, and voluntarily adopt, but it kind of just gave them a framework for talking about climate change. Um, what's happened now is the FCA have actually issued the consultation to bring that in as regulation for asset managers um, and also standard listed companies. And this follows um, some action they took last year where this time last year they did a similar consultation for premium listed companies, which became rules in um, November 2020. So already premium listed companies are mandatorily having to report under TCFD for periods beginning 1 Jan uh, 2021, Uh, although that does exclude investment funds that are listed and it excludes them because they knew that they were going to issue this consultation specifically looking at the asset management industry. So that's what they've done for now. Do you want me to kind of go into a little bit of the broader context around where TCFD sits in the wider world of ESG? Yeah, no, definitely. That would be really helpful. I think definitely across, I think the previous podcast as well, we've touched on the regulatory side of things. So I think it's it's probably, I suppose, almost ideal timing for us in, in this in this part of the the podcast. But also, yeah, just to see how that that fits into the the wider frame of ESG as a whole as well. Yeah, sure. So I guess if we step back, I mean, ESG has been on the cards for years and years now. And where we sort of saw it mainly um, taking place was 
impact or sustainability investing, they were really hot on ESG. And then as sort of pension funds came under more pressure from their contributors, they started pushing questions down uh, to their asset managers that they were investing with. And it's sort of slowly grown and gathered momentum. And I think what we've seen as well is uh, it started off with quite a, a varied mix of, of different ways of, of dealing with ESG and complying. So there's different frameworks out there, whether it's UNPRI, UNSDGs, um, and it was, it was a little bit fragmented. So what was happening was you'd get a pension fund that wanted to do some level of ESG reporting would more or less develop their own approach to doing that. And they would send down a questionnaire to the asset manager that they'd put some money into. And the asset manager would have to sit there, fill out that questionnaire, send it back to the investor. But would, they would quickly find themselves having five or six different questionnaires from different investors, all asking similar but not quite the same questions. And I guess what we've seen, particularly in the last couple of years, is a real convergence in the market around how that gets reported. So the frameworks that are out there have, have been developed a little bit more robustly, say, You've got a general ESG convergence around UNSDGs, and there's different ways of, of getting there. So the World Economic Forum Common Metrics, for example, are one way of complying with that and reporting it against the UNSDGs. And all of the frameworks have done uh, quite a lot of work around mapping themselves across each other. So you can kind of see, you know, if, you, if you're looking at one framework, how does that map into another? And, and TCFD kind of sits within that mix of different uh, frameworks that are out there. And that's been really widely adopted globally um, by commercial operations. So some countries steaming ahead um, of others, but all, all on a voluntary basis. And so what we've also seen in the last couple of years is a real pickup in the level of regulation around ESG. So I think we've, we've previously done a podcast on the USFDR uh, the first phase of which came into effect back in March. And that's the kind of European Union uh, approach to regulating ESG. And that's kind of honing in on um, companies and funds that are, are making claims around their sustainability credentials or their ESG credentials and really pushing the, the level of disclosure that they're doing. And the approach the UK has taken is, is slightly different. So post-Brexit, this is seen as a, a big move for the UK to become a, if you like, a green economy. So there was a big speech from the Chancellor uh, in late 2020, where he announced he's essentially gonna green the UK economy by 2025, and he's gonna do that through um, mandatory reporting. And they've picked TCFD as that's the, the set of disclosure regulations that they want to pursue. So that, that gave rise to the uh, FCA bringing out their premium listed mandatory disclosure requirement under TCFD back in uh, November, December. And that's we're now essentially in the second stage of this. And this is going to go on and on. There's going to be more. So what we're also seeing uh, outside of the consult we're going to talk about today is TCFD disclosure requirements coming in for banks. And we've already seen it come in for pension funds. So should we go into maybe a little bit of detail about these? Yeah, proposals? I suppose it'd be interesting just to know what, what was announced uh, in, in the consultation and what that is actually going to mean and, and the key things that have come out of that really, that, that may have caught some people by, by surprise knowing what they thought was coming and obviously now what has actually been released. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's not really been picked up widely, this um, pathway that the government have laid out in the UK around TCFD. So people sort of getting slightly surprised by these consultations as they come, but there is a, a set schedule for these to come out. And we were expecting this for the last six months or so. 
Um, so what, what they've actually issued this week then uh, is actually two consultations. So the, the main one that's going to impact um, people in the Crown Dependencies is going to be the, the consultation on asset managers. Now, what this is saying is that for UK FCA regulated asset managers, they're going to mandate TCFD reporting by them. And that's going to have to cover two things. So one, the asset manager themselves and their own business, and two, the funds that they manage. And they will want, if you like, separate TCFD reports for each fund portfolio that they're managing. So if you're a manager with five funds, that's six reports, one for each of your funds and one for yourself. Um, and what, what they've done is set a, a threshold for the size of asset manager this is going to apply to. So they've said all asset managers above 5 billion with assets under management. Now, that, that may sound a little large. It may sound um, a little small, depending on your viewpoint and who you work with. But 5 billion captures something like 98% of the asset management industry in the UK, or also the FCA say. So it should, should be quite wide ranging and wide reaching. What they've also made clear in the console is that the rules that they're bringing in would impact offshore funds. So if a UK manager is managing a Guernsey, Jersey, Isle of Man fund, they would include that offshore fund in the scope of these, these regulations. So the asset manager would have to produce a TCFD report for that fund. Um, how's, that therefore going to, what's that, how's that therefore going to affect I suppose businesses in, in the crown dependencies then is that going to put I suppose more onerous on them or does it does it more come in the the guys who are doing that in London? Yeah, so it's going to be interesting how they approach this. So the the onus is definitely sat with the regulated entity, which is the asset manager um, in London. But it's a huge exercise to do this because it's going to involve quite a lot of of reporting. And obviously, we know that the way that the industry is structured in, in terms of financial reporting is it's generally outsourced to the administrator who produces that report. The fund board uh, obviously take responsibility and approve it, and the manager feeds into it. So it'll be interesting to see how the managers deal with this, because it's going to put a lot of cost into their operations as well. Um, so whether they, they build out a team internally that will then look at um, data gathering on their portfolio in order to make the, the reporting or whether they look to try and outsource this uh, in a similar way that they do with, with financial reporting. And I think it depends really on what, what the offering is that's available to them. So this would kind of sit quite comfortably with uh, administrators given the level of reporting already doing to start looking at perhaps they could move into the, the non-financial reporting world as well. And the general message that the FCA have given out as part of their consultation is that at this stage, they're not going to mandate an audit or assurance requirement over this report, but that they uh, see that as a positive thing and a good thing, and that in due course, that may come in. But certainly for now, whilst it's a new requirement, there's no explicit rule that says you have to get it audited or assurance against it. I'll just say one more thing on the, on the threshold of 5 billion as well. So whilst you might be a manager with less than 5 billion, and therefore this, this rule doesn't strictly apply to you, what I was saying before around the rest of the economy uh, having to move to TCFD, that includes larger institutions like the banks, insurers and pension funds. So if you're a pension fund and you've put money into an asset manager that has less than 5 billion, fine, you may not have to do your own TCFD reporting, but your investor does and they may come to you looking for information to support that reporting. So in all likelihood, you're gonna to have to uh, do some level of reporting 
just it may not be a full TCFD compliant report. It may just be numbers and metrics to support your investors reporting. So I expect this will hit pretty much all of the industry. Yeah. And and has all this been brought in to almost meet the the chancellor's target of 2025, or is there is there other rumblings uh, why this has been brought in as well? Yeah, it has. So this is part of the roadmap to meet that. And the idea is that they're starting off earlier with the larger institutions that can cope with this scale of change. And then as time moves on, they'll bring in regulation to capture the rest of the market. So they did that with uh, the premium listed companies first, the larger companies. Now they're doing this consultation um, alongside the asset management piece, which is about standard listed companies. So anything that isn't premium listed is also now going to be caught and is in scope for these rules. And that's going to come in from 1 Jan 2022. And they, they were explicit when they, they made the statement around 2025. They said they actually wanted to see the majority um, of, of this reporting in place by 2023. So by capturing the larger commercial operations, the banks, the insurers, and the, the wider asset management industry, they're going to achieve that by 2023. So in terms of then these rules, I suppose, coming in, is that is that 1st of Jan 2022, or is there, is there a slightly wider roadmap for that as well? Yeah, it's a little bit complex. So in the asset management side, what they've said is they're going to take um, a two-phased approach. Um, so for 1 Jan 2022, any asset manager with more than 50 billion of assets under management, that's when their reporting cycle will start. And then for anyone between 5 billion and 50 billion assets under management, that will actually come in in 1 Jan 2023. So they're doing a two-phase I think the, the caveat I should mention to everything we talk about today, this is obviously a consultation at this stage and the consultation will run until the 10th of September. So until we see the final rules, which will be around November, we can't say any of this 100% for sure, but um, it's likely that a lot of this won't, won't change significantly. So I suppose just in, in anticipation, obviously we've got the consultation now, it's, it's coming in, um, well, the consultation finishes in September, rules could be then set in, in November. What, what should asset managers asset managers, fund admins, um, NEDs be doing now in preparation of, of this coming in? Yeah. So first things first, they need to look at the scope and whether they think their fund is going to be in scope. Because whilst the onus might be on the asset manager in the UK, you've still got a responsibility, particularly if you're a non-exec director or a service provider to a fund, you should be looking at whether or not you're going to be in scope and you're going to have to do something about that. Because from a governance point of view, you need your asset manager to be compliant. And your investors are going to be all over this as well. So, again, even though the onus is on the asset manager, you don't want to be um, involved in a fund that's not meeting these requirements and not providing investors the reporting that they need um, and, and indeed have a right to when these rules come in. So first piece is looking at the scope. If you're not in scope, i.e. your manager's below the 5 billion assets under management, you then need to start engaging with investors to understand whether they need any reporting from the fund to support their own reporting requirements. So if they're a pension fund, they're going to have to be producing TCFD reporting. So what do they need from you to support that? And that's going to be probably focused more around the metrics element of TCFD rather than any of the uh, governance and structure behind it. So it would be a sort of, if you like, a reduced scope reporting um, to support those investors and that's the key piece really and then once you're once you've got your head around the scope and what you actually need to do it's then coming up with a, a mechanism to deliver that so we we're talking before about whether the, the asset manager does this in-house whether they outsource it 
they need to decide on the metrics or you need to get some investors around the metrics that you need to report to them and then you need to understand how that's going to work so how is that data and information going to flow through from your uh, underlying portfolio companies or, or asset investments get into your uh, fund non-financial reporting and then up to where it needs to go it'd be at the investors or the asset manager and what are the consequences if if firms don't comply um, it's not explicit yet, but it would be essentially a, a breach of regulation. So it would fall into the same uh, category as any other breach in that respect. Um, and there would be obviously the FCA in that regard, but it would be at the manager level that that breach happens as opposed to the fund level, if you like. Hence why if we think about the offshore funds, you know, you're going to have your local fund regulator being either Jersey, Guernsey, Isle of Man, Financial Services Commission. Um, so it won't be action from them, but it will be action from the FCA against the asset manager in the UK. Yeah. And then just to touch on something that you mentioned earlier, you mentioned that the, the future roadmap is, is kind of out there, but a lot of people aren't aware of, of what is to come. So just wonder if it's, if it's worth just touching on what is to come following this consultation as well. Yeah, so what we'll see is um, this consultation closing in September, rules likely to come out and be published in final by COP26 in November, because uh, that will obviously go down well at COP26. And then next year, we'll see the next phase, which will be looking to roll this out across a, a broader section of society. So if you've caught your the majority of your asset management industry, the majority of your listed companies, they will be looking at potentially extending it to smaller asset managers and also at the same time looking at that large private company arena. So we've seen quite a few moves from the uh, UK government into the large private company arena over the last few years. There's a general recognition um, in, in the market and in industry that you know these large private companies, okay, fine, they're private, but actually they have a massive impact if they were to fail, say, if you think about the, the large corporate failures, the Thomas Cook's BHSs of the world, you've got all the employees that are suddenly out of a job, you've got pension funds at risk. So even though they're private and private shareholders, actually they have a massive impact on society. So the UK government have, have been steadily taking steps to improve the level of governance and disclosure with those large private businesses. So uh, they brought out the, the weight principles for corporate governance. So that's the corporate governance code for those businesses. And we will likely see mandatory TCFD reporting entering in that arena as well. Yeah. Okay. And then just finally, I, I know this has been a, a conversation of topic within KPMG for, for a long time. Uh, we've done previous webinars on it as well. So what help is available? Uh, where, where can you come in? And, and how are KPMG supporting people who are obviously hearing about this, this consultation that's coming in and, and feel that they could be in scope? Um, where are we able to assist them with that? Yeah, sure. So there's there's various touch points where I think we can probably uh, add value. So scoping is obviously the the first one. Um, as part of the consultation, they actually publish the changes to the FCA handbook, so we can see you know the precise detail around how they're actually going to scope this, and we can help clients establish whether they're likely to be in scope or not, and then obviously confirm that when the rules are finalised. Um, off the back of that, you can then you're, you're grappling with well, how do we actually produce a, a TCFD report? There's four pillars to TCFD around 
um, governance, strategy, risk management and metrics. So all of that needs to be established. It needs to be integrated into existing frameworks that, that are out there. Um, so, you know, you already have a level of governance with a fund, you already have a risk management process. So this needs to integrate into that. And then uh, the metrics is another one. So metrics under TCFD are, are not set, if you like. So they have to be designed to match the strategy of the reporting entity. But as part of what the FCA are consulting on, they're actually proposing to bring in some mandatory metrics. Um, so everyone's going to have to report under those. And it will be a case of saying, well, how do you do that? How far do you go in terms of detail? If you've got portfolio companies, how much detail do you need from them? So there's a whole um, non-financial reporting process to be designed and established. Um, and, and we can obviously help with that as well, uh, depending on the level of experience within the business and what they need. And then uh, finally, I guess, when you are reporting, this then becomes another investor report issued by the fund. So you need to be comfortable that the numbers that you're presenting to investors are actually going to be uh, correct. So there's a huge risk of error in this. When you're doing your reporting in the first one or two reporting cycles, your processes are, are kind of written and brand new. They're not really robust and established. So the, the scope for error is pretty significant. So that's something we can come in and give assurance against when you're starting to do metric reporting. Yeah. Okay, well, that's great. Well, thank you very much uh, for your insight today. And uh, I'm sure we will be uh, switching roles again. You'll be back in the hot seat for uh, a second season of uh, ESG. I know we've got some really exciting guests lined up. So yeah, thank you very much for your time today. And, uh, and if you need any information on TCFD or anything else on ESG, then feel free to drop us a line or, or drop Harry a line as well. Absolutely. Great. Thanks, Tim. That was great. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about KPMG Impact or discuss your ESG business needs with our team, please visit our website in the link in the podcast summary. Thank you for listening. See you next time.